invite you to take out your Bibles and turn to Mark chapter 4, verse 35. In Pew Bibles, it's uh, on page 710. So let's be taking a look at that section of God's Word. On the Weather Channel, they have this uh, episode every once in a while called Storm Stories. And it struck me that I'll bet almost each and every one of us has a storm story. Something that's gone on in our life where there's been a storm and we've had to cope with that and deal with that storm in our life. Sometimes there are literally weather storms that we have to deal with. Anyone here dealt with having a tornado kind of come really close or hit your house? A few of those? Yeah, okay. That's scary, isn't it? How many of you been through a hurricane? Oh, no, not too many up here in Michigan, but some of you have been away times when... The, those are scary times when those kind of storms uh, hit. But storms aren't always just weather storms. Storms come in many shapes and sizes, don't they? Sometimes there can be a relatively small uh, storm. You know, you're going through a, a time maybe of confusion in your life and you're, you're just uncertain about what the future is going to be. That can be kind of a mini storm. And then there can be uh, times of a significant illness. I remember when our uh, son uh, was diagnosed and was being treated for cancer. That was a major uh, storm in our, our life. And so my question as we begin looking at Jesus and how he calmed that storm on the Sea of Galilee, what are the storms that you've dealt with in your life? And what is the, the storm maybe that you're dealing with right now? I know as I would look across the congregation that I could probably identify and share with you some of the storms that I know that, that you're, you're dealing with. But sometimes we even hide the storms. And they're just kind of, no one would know we're going through a storm except that inside of our heart and inside our minds, we're feeling anxious and we're feeling upset and, and uh, we aren't sleeping well because of the things that are going on. What's the storm that you're dealing with? And is Jesus with you in the midst of that storm? We turn to, to Mark chapter 4, verse 35, and we, we learn some interesting things here about this situation where Jesus calms the storm. It begins with telling us that it was the when the evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Now, it's interesting to me, some things I know, that typically, if you're on a lake, the evening is the time when things calm down. You ever notice that? So, here we have a situation, and Jesus is saying to his disciples, you know, I'm tired. He's been doing a lot of, if you've been following with him, he's been doing a lot of meeting with people all the time, and she says, let's get away. You almost think he must be from Michigan. I'm tired, let's go up north to the lake. Ever hear that around here? Yeah. So uh, Jesus is, is kind of, this is the, the context uh, of Jesus. And he's saying, we need to get away uh, and go across the, the lake. And, and so uh, leaving the crowd behind, that's interesting. That Sometimes Jesus found the need to do that. To leave the crowd behind and just have some downtime. And so, here's what's kind of, they took him along just as he was in the boat. Now, I was kind of wondering about that. Remember, a lot of Jesus' disciples were fishermen. They knew how to handle boats pretty well. 
And I kind of was wondering, oh, you know, they're saying we're taking Jesus along for the ride. He doesn't have a clue about how to handle a boat, so we're just going to let him go and we'll take care of the sailing stuff. And so there's some other boats along with them. And all of a sudden, a furious squall arises. Now, to understand uh, the Sea of Galilee, uh, as it's referred to, it's really not all that big. When you check into the things, and if you've ever been over there, the Sea of Galilee is about 8 miles wide and about 13 miles long. I don't know about you, when I was in Sunday school, when I heard about the Sea of Galilee, I'm thinking of something at least as big as uh, you know, the Great Lakes. But it's relatively a small lake, you know, Higgins or uh, Lake or Lake Houghton. That's kind of a little bit gives us a perspective. But nonetheless, if you're out there in a small fishing boat, it can get kind of scary. I remember uh, as a teenager, my dad and I, one time we went uh, fishing on uh, one of the Missouri uh, River reservoirs in South Dakota. And we went there and we rented a boat. And you always know that the best fishing is on the other side of the lake, right? You ever notice that? That the, the fishing is rarely good right there by the dock, so you always have to go to the other side of the lake. So when they talk about the disciples and Jesus going to the other side of the lake, I can, I can relate it. So my dad and I, we uh, had to go to the other side of the reservoir, and it's, the reservoirs are quite long, and, but it was about 10 miles uh, across, 10 miles across to the other side of the And we're fishing. And all of a sudden, there is one of those thunderstorms that we see coming, and thunderstorms out there on the plains, they can come fast. They move along about 60 miles an hour, and it was one of those kind. And so we're over there, and we realize we better hightail it back, because we knew that in that little fishing boat that we had rented, that if we didn't get back before the storm hit, that we would be in big trouble. And so I can understand those disciples, they, they weren't in some big cargo ship uh, that when this happened. They were in these relatively small fishing boats. And the storm comes up and they're realizing that this very easily could swamp their boat. The waves could swamp them and, and sink them. And so they're scared. And then what's, what's interesting is that during all this, Jesus was in the stern of the boat sleeping. He was tired. He wanted to chill out and relax, so he's doing what he set out to do. He's sleeping there in the front of the boat. And the disciples, it says, woke him up and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? In the Greek, the word is not rabbi, it's not lord. It's this simple word that there, at this point, there's simply... Uh, the kind of a regular teacher. That's the word that's used. Their teacher, don't you care if we drown? The, the very question, the way, how they address Jesus, kind of gives us a clue that they really didn't understand who was in the boat with them. Teacher, don't you care if we drown? But don't you see that this is also something, boy, aren't we that way when the storms of life hit? We have all sorts of storms going on. It may be a storm in our marriage. And if there's a storm in our marriage, it, it causes us to have a faith crisis. Lord, don't you care if I'm drowning? 
in the midst of this crisis in my marriage. Maybe you're dealing with a, a, a storm in your finances. You're not sure whether you're going to have a job or you've lost your job. Maybe there's this unexpected bill that has come to you and you're tempted to say, Lord, don't you care if I drown financially? Maybe we're dealing with things with our kids or with our parents. Some of you are in kind of that sandwich generation when you're dealing with issues of your aging parents and you got kids that are driving you crazy and you feel like you got storms coming at you from both directions. And you can say, Lord, don't you care that I'm drowning? Sometimes there are things that happen where we lose a loved one or a loved one is going through an illness and we're kind of, again, questioning, Lord, don't you care if I'm drowning in my tears of sorrow? Maybe we're caught up in the storm of an addiction and it's just making a mess out of our life. And we're wondering, Lord, don't you care if I'm drowning? The question that the disciples asked is it a question that we wrestle with when we go through the storms, don't we? And if you say, I never ask, Lord, do you care? You're probably lying to me. That's something that we do. We, we struggle with that. It's a crisis of faith for us. Now, here's what happens. Jesus doesn't answer their question about whether I care. He doesn't argue with them. Oh, yes, I do care. But it tells us that Jesus simply got up. He rebuked the wind. Interesting, the word rebuked, it just... He uses a word to put the wind in its place. Isn't that amazing? A word putting all the storm in perspective and everything becomes calm. Quiet. Be still. And then the wind died down and it was completely calm. You see... Jesus never promises to you and me that there will not be storms. If anyone has ever told you that if you're a Christian there will not be any storms in your life, they've been lying to you because that's not what the Word of God teaches. But it, what it does teach us is that Jesus is in the boat. Jesus is in the boat with us. And so that's the question that, that we are, are challenged with today. You're going through a storm. Is Jesus in the boat with you? And do you really recognize who you have in the boat with you? You see, sometimes we believe in Jesus, but we don't realize that we have Jesus in our boat. We have Jesus with us in the midst of the storm that we're going through. And so it's important for us to not just say, yeah, I believe in Jesus, that he died on the cross and he rose again, but to understand that Jesus went through the worst storm of all. He went through the storm of hell for us on the cross. And if he went through that storm for us, he's not going to let any other storm in your life get the best. Who is he? Is he? No. So Jesus is in our boat with us in the midst of our storms. And some of you have shared amazing stories with me. I just, I'm looking over there and I see Greta and John. I hope you don't mind me picking on you. But it was many years ago that the storm was raging, wasn't it? 
And God got you through that storm. And Jesus is with you in your boat throughout all of it. And I could go throughout the faith family and point out to you that amazing God, that amazing Savior who is with you in the midst of your storm. Paul's life was, was full of storms, full of times when he wasn't even sure that he was going to live through the storm. And he writes these words in Romans chapter 8. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. He knew that life was full of storms, but then he says this to us, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We're not conquerors because we can handle it ourselves. We're conquerors because we face the storms with Jesus who loves us. And so he is convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, the disciples, I think they struggled because they thought, we're the experienced sailors. We should be able to manage this storm, this wind, on our own. We're the ones who have the expertise to deal with the storm. And so it wasn't until they were overwhelmed that they finally cried out to Jesus. <laughs> Does that kind of sound like us? I'm in control. I can handle this storm. I'll make sure I work everything out the way it should work out. I'll take care of it. I'm the man in charge. I'm the woman in charge. And then sometimes we just have to get to that point where we realize Jesus is in the boat with us. And if we don't cry out to him, we're going to drown. But Jesus is in our boat. And he's the one who finally can come to that. And you know the disciples, they finally, I think, started And it's an interesting response that Jesus has to the disciples after he calms things down. He says to, to the disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Now those are uh, interesting words. And I got into the Greek. And if I were to translate it, Jesus is really saying, why are you guys such a bunch of wimps? Why do you not yet have faith? Because in some ways, if you don't realize that Jesus is in the boat with you in a way where he can take care of the problems and he is going to work all things together, it makes sense to be scared, to be overwhelmed, to be anxious. But he says to them, do you not yet have faith? And probably that's something that, uh, you know, uh, he's saying to them, you've been around me for a while. You've seen all the things I can do. You can see how I healed this person. Or this. I helped that problem out. And yet when it comes to your own personal storm, you're freaking out. But isn't that the challenge? Many of us go, oh, I believe in Jesus. And I feel, oh, yes, he did this miracle and he did that miracle. And I see what he did in so, so's life and that. 
But when our own storm hits, what do we do? We freak out as if Jesus isn't in the boat with us. And so my challenge to you today is not to, to, to kind of pray that God is going to take the storm away or that he'll never let you have to deal with another storm in your life. My challenge to you is that when we encounter those storms, that we will have that yet faith. That faith that says God has been faithful to me in the storms of the past and God will be faithful to me in no matter what I'm facing now. Jesus is in my boat with me. Amen? And here's what I think is important. You know, as we have that yet faith that we've begun to realize that Jesus is with us no matter what life is bringing, then we can be useful to God. We can let our going through the storms be a part of our putting our faith on that lampstand that Pastor Tig talked about last week. You see, people are watching how we deal with the storms. Did you know that? If life is going well in your life, your neighbors say, well, of course, you know, being a Christian is not a problem. But when you are going through a storm, that's when people around you notice it. When you're going through a storm, uh, Dennis, when you went this, through the storm of your being let go at Dow, early retirement, people were watching, weren't they? And as you weathered that storm with a confidence that God was in your boat, people noticed. That's the kind of thing that we need to realize, that when storms happen, people are watching. And so the question for us is, what witness are we giving as we weather those storms that we face in life? Do others see the confidence that we have that Jesus is in the boat with us? To see that the Lord of heaven and earth, the one who has the power to calm the winds and the waves, that Jesus who died on the cross and rose again for the forgiveness of sin, that same Jesus is with us as we go through the storms of life. Jesus is in your boat and others are watching to see if you know it. We need to have that kind of confidence that no matter what life brings our way, that we have Jesus with us and he is able to work all things together for our good. No storm will overwhelm us. No storm will drown us. For we believe in Jesus. We believe he's in our boat. And we're ready to share that with the world. And all God's people who are ready to sail with Jesus say, Amen.